Welcome to Class 3 in our study of the book of Philippians. I have been talking about Philippians chapter 1, 1 through 8. So please turn in your Bible, Philippians chapter 1, 1 through 8. Now remember Philippians is in the New Testament. It is a letter written by Paul to the people of Philippi. And it is four chapters long. And we are going to journey together through Philippians to mostly do two things. One, have some understanding of the text and the context in which he wrote. And secondly, think about, pray about, reflect, what is God saying to you as you read this text? And I'll give you some ideas about that. Let's look at what we've covered in the last week. Let's go to verse 3 real quickly. I thank my God every time I remember you. So he has a relationship with them. He has visited them. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. So he is interceding for his people. We talked last time in our last class about Paul's relationship with the people of Philippi, the Philippians, and how it would be great to have a pastor that cares for you as much as Paul does, that he prays for them. He cares about them. Verse 5, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So they are working together. They are, I'm sure, praying together, meeting together, and are very much in tune with Paul and working together for the advancement of the gospel of God. Now, the gospel is the message which saves us. That is the content that is crucial to be shared. In fact, it's so important that in the book of Galatians, Paul deals with the people of Galatia because they are advancing a different gospel. See chapter 1. So the message of the gospel is crucial, and that is what they are sharing amongst one another, with one another. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Now this is a verse that people quote all the time. Uh, chapter 1, verse 6, that God begins a good work in you, which is my prayer for all of us. He will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. The day of Christ Jesus is the coming of Jesus Christ. We call that the second coming. Jesus will either come for us in the second coming, or he will come for us when we pass from this life to the next life. And so the good work that he's begun in you, in me, we pray that he carries it to completion. Verse 7. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. So he is praying for them. He is praying that God who begins the good work in them will carry it on to completion. He is now saying that they are in his heart. So very affectionate, very close, very personal Um, conversation that he's having in this letter to the Philippians. For whether I'm in chains, aha, he is in prison. Yes, he is. And he has four prison letters, Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians, and Philemon or Philemon. 
I am in chains, or defending and confirming the gospel. All of you share in God's grace with me. So we're back to the gospel again. He is defending the gospel. He is confirming the gospel. He's proclaiming the gospel. He's teaching the gospel. That is his ministry. And again, the content is not what he personally believes, not what he thinks, what the gospel is. And as you look at Galatians chapter 1, he receives this gospel, this revelation, this truth from Jesus Christ. All of you share in God's grace with me. Now, we want to have the grace of God in our lives. We want to share the grace of God. The grace of God is just not something that's out there. It's something that we can share together and that can work between us and one another. God's grace comes down to us. We share it with one another. Okay? Verse 8. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And as I talked in our Class 2 program, shared with you, this is a very powerful understanding of a shepherd who cares for his or her sheep, that we can love God and we want to have affection for our people, we want to care for our people, we want to pray for our people, we want to intercede for our people, our heart uh, shares with them. And so in my daily ministry as a priest in the church, uh, I pray, I intercede, I care about with people in the congregation that the Lord has given me uh, every single day, okay? So I can really relate to this. And you can do the same, where you care about the people that you go to church with and you care about the people that God has entrusted you and you have that affection that is in Christ Jesus. Now, the affection, this is a very important point before we go to verse 9. This affection is the affection of Jesus Christ. I am limited in the amount of compassion and mercy and care and love that I have for people. No doubt about it. So are you. What we need is supernatural affection. Supernatural. Okay? That's very, very important. Supernatural. The affection that we have for one another is natural. So you want to get something that's greater than your affection and my affection. Your heart, my heart. Your concerns, my concerns. We want to have something that's supernatural, okay? And actually, the, the Latin there is it's above nature. Something that's beyond ourselves, okay? Something that's beyond ourselves. And that's where our relationship with Christ is so important because he is beyond us, okay? But then at the same time, he comes into our lives and he, if you will, impregnates himself or makes himself part of our life in the body that he's given us. And we have a relationship with him. That's a very dynamic, powerful thing. We'll say more about that as we go through Philippians together. So in, if this was your life and my life, you want some, and this was the natural part of it in, in, in this circle, you want something beyond that. You want something supernatural. You want something beyond yourself to come in and break into your life and fill it with compassion, supernatural compassion, love, peace, joy, all those wonderful things that we'll talk about as we work through Philippians together. Let's look at verse 9. This is my prayer. This is Paul speaking. This is my prayer. This is to, 
just a, a great prayer for us also. So we're looking at the first century and we're looking at the 21st century. This will, this will work for any century, in any time, in any culture, in any place, anywhere. This is my prayer. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Now, is there any way you can do that naturally? No. Not really. So, he's established that it's got to be supernatural. I've established that it's got to be beyond yourself. And that supernatural being is going to be the Holy Trinity. We've talked about the Holy Trinity. One God, three persons, all right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are going to break into your life by God's grace, mercy, and reside in you. Now, that love that they are going to bring, we are going to pray for all of us that abound more and more. Our world desperately needs people that are going to love more and more. Wouldn't that be a great thing? Wouldn't it be a great thing for your everyday life if your love abounded more and more? Wouldn't that be a great thing if you had more to give and more to share and more ways that you could bless people and help people and have more mercy, more compassion? More and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So there's something that we need to know. So knowledge is a very important commodity in the Bible. The book of Proverbs is all about having the knowledge of God and having understanding and then, of course, having and acting in wisdom. Knowledge and depth of insight. Now, one of the things that this class hopefully will do as we work through Philippians together is give you and me more knowledge and, quite frankly, more depth of insight. You may have a very good understanding of Philippians as we start our classes together. You may not know anything. That's fine. But if you stay with me in this class, you will definitely acquire more knowledge and you will definitely have greater insight. You'll definitely have more depth of insight. Now, what is that going to do for you? That's going to give you the ability to hear from God and to know God in such a way that the depth, if I can write it this way, of your relationship with Christ will get significantly greater. It will actually increase. You will grow. You will be transformed. You will be able to give more love. Now, what's better, to give more love or less? So if I increase the amount of love, let's say I have this much, and then I get to this much, and then I get to this much, and then I get to that much. So I'm increasing here the amount of love that flows through my mind, my body, my soul, my lips, okay, my hands. And in that, what's going to happen is there's going to be greater, greater blessing to others. People are going to benefit from your knowledge (coughs) and depth of insight. As you allow God's love to channel through you, if you will, and that channel gets larger and larger. So as that channel gets larger and larger and you begin to change and you begin to open up to the power and the Spirit of God in your life, the Holy Trinity, and that grows in you, then you're going to have more flowing through. That's going to make a tremendous difference around you. 
that your love may grow more and more in knowledge of depth of insight, so that, all right, that's what we call a purpose clause. So that, so that what? Well, let's see what. You may be able to discern, that is, figure out, know, better understand, make a good decision about what is best and may be pure and blameless into the day of Christ. You're going to discern to know what the right thing to do is. You're going to know what's best to do. I bet that's probably crossed your mind many times in your life. I don't know what to do. I wish I knew what to do. If I knew what to do, I could make a better decision. If I make a better decision, everybody's going to be better off, including me. But if I make a bad decision, we're all going to be worse off, including me. Oh, I've made a lot of bad decisions in my life. I need to make a good decision here. Well, one of the ways that you can make a good decision is that your love may abound more and more knowledge and depth of insight, that you have a greater knowledge and depth of insight regarding the Lord. And this is what our class is about. Hopefully, prayerfully, by God's mercy and grace, we all may benefit by knowing more based on our study of the text together. So that you can discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. We are talked about the day of Christ uh, at the end of verse 6. See it again? The day of Christ Jesus? The day of Christ? When Christ comes back again? You're going to know what's best. You're going to be pure and you're going to be blameless. Purity. I bet you never thought you were going to be a pure person. Blameless. No wrong. Now, do you and I have any ability in the world to be pure and blameless on our own, in our own nature? It's impossible. Nobody can do that. Too much sin. The reality of sin is present there. But, by the power of God and the working of the Holy Spirit in your life, and the Holy Spirit leading and guiding you, you can live this way. Isn't that amazing? You can live this way. And so Paul is sharing that reality and that truth with them. One more. Verse 11. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. You and I will be filled with the fruit of righteousness. We're going to produce something. What are we going to produce? One of the great words of the Bible. Righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness is right standing with God. Do you want to have right standing with God? You want to be in a good position between you and God? Then you want the fruit of righteousness. How are you going to get that? Where's that going to come from? Look at what it says in verse 11. Through Jesus Christ. You're not going to get that yourself. Again, very supernatural event. Naturally, you and I do not have the righteousness of God. We do not. We are not born with the righteousness of God. We do not have the righteousness of God. We need the righteousness of God outside of ourselves. That comes through our relationship with Christ. This is why your relationship with Christ is crucial. This is why your understanding of the Bible is crucial, so you'll understand what's going on. It's, it's a foreign concept to you unless someone teaches you. You don't know that. It's not, this is not something you're born with. 
the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, when you and I are pure and blameless and the power of God through the Holy Spirit is working in us and we are righteous before God, this is extraordinarily good news to the Lord, to the glory and praise of God. <clears throat> so God is glorified and he's praised and he's lifted up because of this action of God in your life. So when you and I live this way, knowledge abounds more and more. Discern what is best, purity, blamelessness, righteousness. God comes outside of you. He works that in you by his grace. You begin to live pure, thinking the thoughts of God, acting in a godly way, in a righteous way, in a blameless way. God is glorified and praised. You and I don't get any glory or praise because we're, we are the recipients of this supernatural power and supernatural grace. But God works through us. Now, what that does in the individual is it creates an extraordinary amount of joy, peace, patience, kindness, compassion, love, mercy, hope, all kinds of kindness. I can go on and on. It creates a tremendous amount of positive interior things, interior truths, interior virtues. And then that comes out in our everyday behavior in a positive way. And in that positive way, that makes a very big difference to the people around you and who you're dealing with on a daily basis. They are profoundly affected by your actions of purity, blamelessness, righteousness, love, and the presence of Christ in your life. Lord God, we thank you for these beautiful scriptures that you've given us. And we ask you to open our hearts and minds, each one of us, to hearing the truths contained therein and our acceptance of these truths, our reception of these truths, and our incorporation of these wonderful virtues in our everyday living. May God have mercy and shed his grace upon us all. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen.